This episode of the podcast is brought to you by building a new room in your house but forgetting to install any doors or windows and trapping yourself inside. Oh, they know I can't even move a finger, and I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet, just in case they do suspect me. They're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that wouldn't hurt a fly. Wouldn't hurt a fly. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are doing Psycho. Well, how about pick for our last horror for movie? For our last film. It's a classic. Yeah. For a good reason. I recently, obviously we watched it. I was going to say I recently rewatched it. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen it in a very long time. Uh, it's just like not a film that I always go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just completely fell in love again yeah i was I, like it's i make just it a, so good i make it a staple point every year to watch this this movie it's like really incredible mm-hmm. um and everything about the film is all like it's honestly i would say close to a perfect film yeah there's some things that i wish didn't like that there's some acting in it specifically by one guy who's like really <laughs> not great um and then there's like a few little things but it's almost a perfect movie yeah and it still holds up incredibly to this day yeah uh, so why don't you uh, break it down for us? Right. So Psycho came out in 1960, directed by the great Alfred Hitchcock, who I've said before is like the grandfather of horror. Uh, you have an amazing performance by Anthony Perkins, who plays Norman Bates. You have Janet Leigh, who plays Marion Crane. Uh, Vera Miles, who plays her sister, Lila Crane. John Gavin playing Sam Loomis, who I'm assuming is the one that you don't like the acting from. Yeah, that guy's trash. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then Martin Balsam, who plays uh, Arbogast. Yeah. And that's really all you got in this film. Um, I think we need to shout out one other one mm-hmm. is the music composer, mm-hmm. um, Bernard Herman. I mean, the music in this fucking movie from the start, from the it's opening timeless. credits are just so good. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's that famous, like... It's one of those times where it's like you have music that like just almost outlives time. Yeah, and it really elevates the um the story. Like there, it's very rare. You have like a few options when it comes to music, right? It's like you either have a companion piece that like just it's like just really helps the film. Mm-hmm. You have a you can have really terrible music. Yeah. Um, or you can just have like like what's what's really popular now is. Not so much film scores, but like ambiance. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies nowadays are just doing, they're technically considered scores, but it's really just like noises and whatnot. And it's just kind of like, you know, hums and buzzes and stuff like yeah. that that happen. Like even um, with like Jason, the ch 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 Yeah, yeah. Like that's right. exactly that. Um, but then there's this film score that I think... Combines can, all of them together? Well, no, 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 no. I think that it almost, like the music is just so good that it kind of outshines the movie a little bit because the mu- from the opening mm-hmm. credits I'm like this music is incredible. Yeah, and it is it it creates tension from it. Yeah. Uh, from the start. Mm-hmm. Like you you're like sweating for no reason <laughs> and it's just the credits. <laughs> and it's just the opening credits and you're like what the hell is going on right now? It's just so intense. Um anyway, uh, obviously, if you haven't seen Psycho, what the hell are you doing? You need to see Psycho. Um, I think it's a, one of those films that 
a lot of people they kind of already know the twist ending because mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that just is so famous and and synonymous in the film industry that it's one of those films that you kind of feel like you've probably already seen even though you may not have already seen it yeah um and there's a lot more to it i think because a lot of people just kind of know the twist ending mm-hmm. but if you actually have never seen psycho and sat down and watched the film there's a lot more to it mm-hmm. than just you know Bates fucking gr- dressing up as his mom yeah, <laughs> in the like, first half in a shower film. scene there's way more to it than just that yeah the first half of the film is completely different yeah um anyway the plot of the movie is you have Marion who basically works for this company uh for like I guess it's like a real estate company of sorts yeah and a guy comes in and gives them $40,000 cash as like a down payment. A or, very Southern man. Yeah, very, very. <laughs> and she ends up stealing the money and running away. Mm-hmm. And you're then following her. Um, and then famously, of course, Alfred Hitchcock kills off his char- character in the middle of the book, in the middle of the movie. Which was unheard of at right. the time. Like, it's amazing to think of because it's like you you spent like a good hour. Yeah getting to know this person and like what she likes and what she wants in life and like how she's doing like this crazy thing and then making a complete 180 and being like, you know what? I'm going to go back tomorrow. Like I've, I've made a horrible decision. I'm going to like repent for what I've done. Yeah. And then being killed off and then you're introduced to new characters. Right. And it's like, holy fuck. Right. And then it becomes a detective story sort of, of mm-hmm. them just trying to find her and nobody suspects that she's dead. No. Um, they just assume that she's either missing or she ran off with somebody. Right. Um, and it's incredible. I mean, from the opening shot of, like, the the buildings and, and the outside, I mean, you can... E- the thing that I love about it is... So, apparently, like, this wasn't his traditional, like, mo- uh, movie crew that he uses mm-hmm. that to make, make uh, his films. Apparently, this was, like, his TV show crew. Oh, okay. From the Alfred Hitchcock hour. Right. And it doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Because it's so well made, and the TV crew, it doesn't feel like a TV movie yeah. at all. Because it, I guess like there was a lot of stuff going on with this movie. Like it wasn't really going to be um, a horror movie. It was well, be it, a- it's not that it wasn't going to be a horror movie. It just it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be a, a feature film. It was gonna be two parts, part one and part mm-hmm. two, and it was gonna be on his like thing. And then they decided no. But like the you know the, the thing about like television crews is. I feel like, and a lot of times you have you don't really have like great cinematography on a television show. Everything usually is like pretty flat, and everything looks pretty like generic. Yeah. But the lighting in this, although it's black and white, is incredible. Like you can see, you can imagine what it would look like if it was in color, and like where the lighting is. Yeah. And the lighting is just really, really incredible. Well, even so, like just the cinematography itself for it is amazing. Like the infamous shower uh, shower scene. Yeah. Like, if you're really, like, paying attention to, like, where the camera's placed, it's amazing. Like, and he the, also has really unique camera placements in this film. Yes. Like, the up uh, on, on the second floor of the house, mm-hmm. the, the hallway, um, which has a great, like, jump scare, sort of, similar to The Exorcist Part 3. Yeah. Where, you know, it, the body comes out of the mm-hmm. room and attacks. Um, it's just really interesting and unique shots. Um, I really love the placement of the shots when uh, Norman... They they're having um di- dinner together yeah. in like that what do they call it the parlor yeah and yeah it's and, like it's weirdly just the office though. <laughs> yeah uh, but I love like the the like the subtleties in the in that shot where like Norman is kind of like a like he's a little weird in the beginning mm. but generally I would say pretty normal and yeah. 
and he's played so well Anthony Perkins, by Anthony Perkins. I don't know, honestly, what else this man has done besides, like, the Psycho series. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I know is Psycho. <laughs> the only thing I know from him is Psycho, but, like, he has this way in this film of being so charming and innocent, yet at the same time very unnerving. Like, especially when, you know, Marion and him are having dinner together and they go on and talk about, like, you know, his life and everything like that and um, says the line of, like, oh, like, do you have any friends? It's like, oh, a, a mother is a best friend to a boy. Yeah. And it's like, I'm so nervous around this guy, yeah. but at the same time, too... He's just so likable. Like, I can't help but just be like, this guy is awesome. The smile that he Mm -hmm. has is just so genuine looking and his eyes are so kind. He has like very kind eyes, which really like play. um, They they just really help his character be more. Because like when you were watching this film for the first time, Mm -hmm. let's say that like you have no concept of what this movie is and you've never heard of Psycho. You don't know the plot twist. You don't know anything. And you just sit down. When you're watching Psycho and Anthony Perkins comes in, he's acting a little strange, but he, but his facial expressions and just the smile that he has and the eyes, you're like, there's no way that this is a bad guy. Yeah, especially too after the shower scene and he runs down and he's just like terrified, like where he hugs himself against the wall and is about to throw up almost. Yeah. You immediately are like, oh, no, there's no way it's him. Like, he yeah. obviously is like covering this up for his mother. Yeah. Um. And just Anthony Perkins in this film is great, but that that shot in the parlor scene uh, in that parlor scene is so subtly brilliant in my opinion because of the camera placements. Mm-hmm. Like you have Janet Lee at pretty much like eye level, and then when you have and then when it goes to Anthony Perkins, the camera's like just ever so slightly lower, looking at him, mm-hmm. and it makes him slightly more menacing. Yeah. And then there's that hard cut to him talking to her. And then there's like the, um, the taxidermied owl in the background coming down. And I mean, it's just so subtle and brilliant that it's just, it really is like masterful filmmaking in my opinion. Yeah. Did you also see too, in the beginning, like Alfred Hitchcock is standing outside the real estate agency. I don't, I wasn't sure if that was him or not Mm -hmm. because I was looking at him. I was like, that guy looks like Alfred Hitchcock. I, I think that might be him. But then the old man, with the southern the southern guy that comes in with the 40 grand was wearing that same hat and i was like maybe that was just him instead no that was he threw himself in there just to kind of be like hey look at me look at me here i am <laughs> <laughs> um and ironically or not ironically but just oddly enough this was the first movie to ever show a toilet <laughs> yeah which I is like kind that. of funny um it's it, a toilet was never shown before in a feature film well you got to think back in the, like the 50s and 60s it is very smutty well the thing the is right like that's what this movie is like this mm-hmm. movie is such a is such a um this movie is such a hard cut from like where he was a few years before, like he did Vertigo before this. Yes. This movie very, is very different from Vertigo. Very different. I think he did Rope before this too, which is mainly just a mis- murder mystery story. Yeah. But like you never really see anything. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that he made it in black and white, I assume, I don't know, but I assume he made it in black and white just so he could get a regular rated R rating and not then put an X on it for that shower scene and the and the, uh, the blood. Because yeah. I would imagine that if it was, you know, if it was in color and the blood coming down the drain, that yeah, would probably be a little would have been too much. too much for the the, the audience <laughs> back in the day. They would have been like, oh my God. Yeah. Because um, I, I guess too, like if you go like frame by frame, you can actually see like a nipple at some point. 
Hey, did I you, don't did think you, so. Did you go frame by frame, Zach? Did you? No, but my, my fiance just did because she yeah. was very curious about it. Yeah, and then I think prior, like right before this, he made a movie called North by Northwest, which is again very, mm-hmm. very different. Like these these movies, the movies that he were doing was doing before this were just so much different than than this film. Mm-hmm. And this movie feels, in a in a in a really unique way, it feels classy, yeah. yet dirty. Yeah, because like a lot of the the first hour of the film, um, and it's funny that you mentioned how like this was a, supposed to be originally like a two part movie, because it feels like a two part movie. Um, like the first half of the film feels very like classy, very refri- refined, where it's like you know it's all about Marion trying to like escape, but like it never feels like gritty or dark. Doesn't feel gritty or dark. But there is still like that. I think that there's kind of like that essence of it mm-hmm. because of the simple fact that Janet Lee's like practically in her underwear in the very first shot mm-hmm. of the film, and it's just like that. That must have just been super jarring for an audience, yeah, to see her in a bra um, again. Like not a common thing back, in, you know, in that time. Like you look at it now, and it's like this is so yeah, it's whatever. PG. But you know, at this at this era and time, it was just it was unheard of to fucking do that. Yeah. So it's like. Alfred Hitchcock like pushing the absolute limits and just seeing what he can act like get away with. Yeah. And he's always done that. Like even like later on when he made birds. Yeah. Push the limit to like the max with the um the bedroom scene where it's like they find the girl with her eyes pecked out. Yeah. Like and then he zooms in on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, wow, like you didn't have to fucking do that. <laughs> Same thing as when um I believe like when you finally get like the shot of the mother. And it is like the skeleton, and they just stay on it. Yeah, for like a good yeah, like, like ten like, twenty it does, seconds. Not only just stays on it, you fucking pushes into it. Yeah, and it's like yeah, like you this. see everything. Yeah, you can from see all it. the details. It's uh, it's fucking scary. Honestly, mm-hmm. it does. It's very creepy. Yeah, and it's it's one of those films that's like so early on, like you can see like how perfectly horror is made. Yeah, like again too when Arbitross like gets killed. That jump scare is amazing. Yeah, it's really Like, good. you really... It's just so quiet of him, like, walking up the stairs. And then, split second, here comes the music. Here comes um, Norman. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, and it's... Like, I love how... I would imagine how, like, purposefully strange he did that one shot of him falling down the stairs after mm-hmm. he gets cut on the face. Because it looks so bizarre yes that is probably the one thing that i have to say about this film is that part does not hold up but i don't but i think that he meant it to look that way like it's not like Mm -hmm. he put him in front of a green screen so much Mm -hmm. and like they 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 tried to like fake it like he was going down the stairs like i have to imagine that alfred was like i want this to look weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like i want it to be strange looking (laughs) because in a lot of his movies, like, there's nothing else in that, like, in a, you know, in his other films where prior to this, he mm-hmm. could, like, you know what I mean? Like, there there was just, I feel like there was a better way to do it, but he, he, he made it that way because he wanted it to be, like, so kind of, like, disorienting and, like, so yeah. strange. Like, maybe take you out of the moment for a second just so you can, like, regrip and refigure out, it's like, what's so going weird. on. It's so weird. It's so bizarre. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, I can't say that it doesn't hold up because I think, I honestly think that he did it on purpose. Um, because then you, he then cuts like to a hard cut 
of like a stationary shot down below like the landing of the stairs and you see him falling down the stairs and like his ankles like actually like going down the steps. Yeah. And I'm like, so you could have done that. Like (laughs) the way that he did it was just so interesting. And it was like, cause you know, if, if he wanted it to be like, he gets stabbed and tumbles down the stairs and that could have just been done way easier. Yeah. But he had him, fall backwards as his heels are slipping down every step. Mm-hmm. It was just such a strange shot and I and I actually really like it a lot. Um I don't I, know, it it still does it it's weird like you said, like it's very weird. I don't think he meant to do it that way. I'll I'll uh I'll look it up and I'll, okay. and I'll see. Um <laughs> we'll sue each other for yeah. this. <laughs> um I really you know one of my fa- one of the, my favorite sequences in the whole film that I actually wasn't expecting to kind of enjoy as much as I did was the cleanup process after Janet Lee gets it's stabbed. Very long. It's all. It's like fifteen minutes. It's the scene that I always forget that like it's just forever. <laughs> but I really liked it a lot because it's realistic for yeah. how you would clean up a body. Yeah, like the process to go through it all, and and you're with him. And you feel bad for him. Yeah. Because you're like, he's fucking, he has to do, he has to cover up a murder that his mom just committed. And the mom is like such a tyrant. Mm-hmm. Like you hear her from like screaming out from the house of, and, and you know, she's just like such a terrible person. And you're like, God, like, I just feel so bad for Norman. Like he's just getting essentially like verbally abused all the time. Yeah. And, and then you're just like with him and you feel terrible that he has to like do this shit. And that's what I think makes Norman Bates like such a legend in horror history because like, he really is one of the first characters where it's like you feel for the villain. Yeah. And you don't know that he's the villain until the end, but like you feel for him and what he's going through, but you know like what he's doing is also wrong. Like you right. know like him covering up the body is wrong instead of going to the police and being like, my mother killed this person. Right. Please don't take me away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the And then the only thing that I think the film again kind of falters a little bit for me is after janet lee gets murdered Mm -hmm. and then you you get lila you get lila and you get sam Mm -hmm. and like i just don't care about them at all specifically again like john gavin playing sam loomis like it's just you almost get the feeling that they're gonna end up together too i don't know if i necessarily thought that but it just, I don't know, like, you, you just don't know who these characters are, so then getting introduced to them in the middle of the movie, and they're, I don't know, just their sequences are, like, when they go to the store or whatever, like, it's just not, like, it's just not that compelling, in mm-hmm. my opinion, but once they get back to, like, the mo- the, the motel, and they're, like, doing the searching, it I get really engaged again. There's just, like, that, uh, that, that quick, like, gap. eight minutes or 12 minutes of, of them kind of like standing around like what should we do oh mm-hmm. well, i don't know like you know let's let's send this pi out there and blah blah blah, blah. Like, well that's why you get arbitros because like he really like kind of helped i don't mind him i like i him. like him a lot like yeah. I, especially when he's interrogating norman yeah it feels very like again uneasy because like he knows something's up yeah and norman is just such a bad liar yeah like, like he's super <laughs> like oh you know what um i didn't have anybody for like the past like, couple weeks it's like really it says right here that like you had somebody two nights ago Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember now. Sorry, it's a little fuzzy, right? Yeah. I'm not lying to you, sir. And it's like, that was like a really cool line, too, where it's like, I'm not lying to you. And yeah. he's like, oh, no, no, I know. Yeah. And he knows, like, something's up already. Right. But the thing is, is that Norman, like, it gets revealed at the end by, in my opinion, the my least favorite thing about the movie is that, like, 
you're in like the last three minutes, but for mm. somehow it feels like it's 20 minutes long oh, of the, that detective just doing that long, exp, like, you know, I knew you wouldn't scene. like that part because it's like, just, I hate it so it, much. It reminds me a lot of like when we did brick and like at the end, like he just explains like everything. Yeah. And it's like, like this was a scene where it's like, okay, like it's cool to have somebody explain it because like they're telling other people like what's wrong with this guy. But at the same time, too, it's like we've already sat here with everything. Right. And we understand from two minutes ago when he walked out wearing a dress and carrying a knife that he's actually his mother. Right. Opposed to I I don't need you to now just, again, spoof fiend this Mm -hmm. to me. So like that. Oh, that 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 frustrates me. Um, And I just wish that that wasn't in the movie because it really just it kind of like it kills the momentum mm-hmm. a little bit in my opinion like them all just sitting around in that office and then and then him just going on for fucking four minutes is just like please like but that end but then, shot yeah you get everything back with the last minute of the film yeah and the last the last you know few minutes or the last like minute of the film is great um just be but i, I guess i kind of I, I kind of appreciate the knowledge that the guy drops of like norman really doesn't know that he's his mother that he is a killer and mm-hmm. that he is doing this like mm-hmm. he re- he genuinely believes that that he is his or you know that his mom is a separate being and that she's out there doing this stuff and treating her like this and the cool thing is i like how the female voice his yes. mother's voice is so drastically different and then you have to sit there and think that he's making that voice mm-hmm. and his voice is so much different than like he actually has like a fairly like deep deep voice yeah and then it that is like a they they didn't they didn't um do like him doing a women a woman's voice no where it's like you know he like goes like up higher like pitch like it's mm. it is a actual woman's voice mm. and I think doing it's very it. smart too where it's like it's all like inner monologue rather than what they could have done was like something stupid where it's like him just being voiced over by the woman yeah and I think like having this inner monologue and realizing that like this whole time the mother is in control. Yeah. And that that perfect fucking smirk. Yeah. And that split second of yeah. the overlay. Apparently is, there was some version of that movie that didn't have the overlay. Oh, horrible. I would have felt so bad for those people that didn't see that. <laughs> um because it it just makes it in my opinion that spot right there makes this movie a horror film over a murder mystery film. Like yeah. that spot is really like the the moment where you're like Oh my God! This guy is pure evil because of his mother and because of his illness. Yeah, um, I think that when they when fucking Sam like prevents uh, what's her name from getting stabbed. At oh the yeah, end, that's a little weird. That's a little strange. Like <laughs> it's like like he's literally just holding him, and it's literally just to be like, oh, he's being unclothed to find out that he's normal. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I got that. The I facial saw expressions that. are kind of strange. It's mm. a little weird. Um. The one shot, though, that I really loved a lot in the movie that um, kind of stuck with me a little bit more than I think it has in the past was Janet Lee face down on the on the tile floor with yes. her eye open. And then the camera starting off like kind mm-hmm. of crooked and then slowly panning back and then also turning clockwise and and you know coming back you can see her eye move a little bit yeah. like she clearly she's obviously oh, yeah because like <laughs> you, you couldn't do anything different back then yeah. except for just hold still we're right. gonna do so this you see her eye move like a little bit and you're like ah, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really really powerful shot mm-hmm. and a really really unique uh like death yes of like having her lay down like that 
and just be face first like that. It was just really, really unique. There's not, I don't, I haven't, I don't remember a movie since then that I've seen where it's like, wow, that's a, that's a unique position mm-hmm. of, of death. Well, yeah. Cause it was just, it feels very real. Cause it's like, you would fall that way, except for the fact of like, you know, she's been stabbed like eight times and then falls down and then tries to grab the, the shower curtain and then yeah. falls forward. Yeah. Like that part. I, I don't feel like I needed the shower curtain scene, but that's really just to like add that little bit of effect that yeah. Alfred Hitchcock always tries to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fall forward. There is one scene too that like um, is very minor that always sticks with me. And that's when, again, you have inside the house and that like up above, like almost a fly on the wall positioning yeah. of the camera. And Norman is telling his mother that like, hey, you need to go stay down in the cellar for a while. And they're having this conversation and you have him carrying her out and they're still having the conversation, but you don't see anybody's mouth moving and you don't see anybody's face. Yeah. And I always love that shot mainly because like it again adds this mystery of like, is she alive? Is she dead? Is it him? Is it her? Right. And again, for people that like have seen it multiple times, you know, but like that spot really kind of like is this boundary of like, is it real? Is it not? Yeah. Honestly, man, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a really great film. And I, and it, and it, ha- and it has a, um, a unique place in film for being released or being released in the sixties. And it not exactly feeling like they, everybody talks very normal in this mm-hmm. film. There's one scene when the PI shows up and he, and he's like, and Sam Loomis, of course, cause he's fucking terrible. He's like, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing here friend? And it's like, okay, that, that seems yeah. a little dated. Like mm-hmm. that, that feels a little dated, but there's so many movies back from like the fifties and forties where everybody's talking like, what are you talking about? Say? And like yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> and it feels very old and it just doesn't age well. And this like, movie, go get me a nickel down there. <laughs> <laughs> and in this movie, everybody talks very, very normal. And it, and it really, is what makes the film timeless, I think, mm-hmm. because I think that that small detail of people not fucking talking like that, yeah, that really dates a movie and makes it feel way older than it actually is, or it just makes it feel like at no point in history did anybody really <laughs> talk like that. Maybe some people in some small community <laughs> did, but that's it. But and nobody then- spoke like that. And then for whatever reason, they turn on the camera and say action and they have them fucking talk in these weird, like in this really strange dialect. Mm -hmm. And, and this movie doesn't do that, which really helps it like age really, really gracefully. Yeah. Because that's that this movie does. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, you have Janet Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Is that actually her? You didn't know that? No, I did not. What? I didn't know that. That's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. (laughs) Oh, that makes sense then. (laughs) Okay. Um, and uh, and she's great in it. Mm-hmm. She really, really is. Uh, and Ooh, I, young Jamie Lee Curtis, though. You like the young Jamie Lee Curtis? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever never, movie she did with um, John Travolta, that was that was a that was a good one for her. I don't. I never really found her all that. She's pretty. Short hair, Jamie Lee Curtis. You like that, or you? Or I just you like short haired hair? women, but like, <laughs> I, I mean, you? yeah, that's. I me. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you hear that, ladies? Start shaving your heads. Everybody shave their heads. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. I don't know if I would necessarily necessarily say it's my favorite movie mm-hmm. by him. I think it's probably like his most famous and like oh, his absolutely. most iconic. I mean, the shower scene alone. Mm-hmm. You know, again, apparently, 
there was a there was a version of that where the, that like classic like music the score of like that mm-hmm. yeah it like, wasn't in wasn't it, in it. Mm-hmm. and like Alfred Hitchcock was like re- like re- he reviewed it without it and he was like yeah no this is pretty bad yeah no, like <laughs> you need that in you there just that. to it's, like really again that's that music alone mm-hmm. kind of outlives almost the entirety of the film yeah. Uh, which again gives uh, which is really why I wanted to shout out uh, Mr. Herman because like the fucking score is so good in this movie that I, I want to see if like they have it on vinyl or something because <laughs> I want to buy it. That'd it's be so sweet. it's so good. Um, the music is incredible um, and the movie's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, almost a perfect film. Nine opinion. and a half dead moms out of ten. <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the basement. I also don't like the cop. I wish they did like something else with Definitely the cop. Definitely not a cop. He's a PI. No, no. Oh, the, you mean the, the old sheriff? Itself. The old yeah. man sheriff? The, yeah, the that sheriff guy. that's following Marion the entire time. It's like yeah. you could have done something else with that. Oh, right. Yeah, that guy is like not the old man. The guy that weird. pulls her over, not pulls her over. Like, you know, he's, yeah, what a useless character. Like, he right? just follows her for, for a second. For no reason. Yeah, because she's acting weird. Yeah. And, and then, then, and yeah. then he, I, I hate when he's when she's at the dealership and he's just standing across the street, like, like not, also, even, not even trying to like hide or anything. Like, oh, like I'm going to watch her secretly. He's just fucking being there. It's like, well, because okay. like her plan also backfired too, where it's like, oh, I'm going to buy a different car so that way right, he can't yeah, follow me. But right. then he saw. Yeah. So it's just like, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a, that, that was kind of useless. Yeah. Um, but Frank, what do you got to recommend then? So staying within the classic uh, kind of horror-esque things, I wanted to recommend something that you that you definitely love. Uh, and it's something that banjos, I, I don't know nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't watched everything, but, uh, twilight zone, the original, mm. that series. Amazing. A lot of them are great. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some duds in there, of course, with the fucking anthology and, and whatever, but there are some really, really great twilight zone episodes. Uh, and of course I'm talking about the original, the Jordan Peele twilight zone is awful. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> once they went to like color, it, it was yeah. horrible. Like yeah, you yeah. needed, you need Twilight Zone to be black and white. Yeah, the black and white classic Twilight Zone is really, really good. There's um, one episode that, like, I'm sorry to cut you off. But there's one episode that, like, always sticks with me, and it's not like one of the most popular ones. It's this one where it's like these, like, five different people from like, um, all like different jobs. Like, I think like one's a firefighter, one's a sailor, like yada yada yada, and they're all stuck inside this fucking like this hole in the ground basically and they're like how do we get out and the entire time they're just trying to figure out like how do we get out what happened how did we get here who are we and then at the very end they get out and they're all toys that were just in a a bucket chest or whatever they were just in a bucket to be picked up by anybody and i was like that's cool yeah there are there are some really really cool concepts my one of my favorites i don't remember the name of the episode but there's the one where like the really rich family all get together and they all put on the masks mm-hmm. and then their faces end up becoming yes. that mask. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool episode. I like that one a lot. Um, there's just a lot of classic ones, a lot of great ones. Um, again, I don't recommend the Jordan Peele one. I don't know what the hell happened with that, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, like everybody was so excited because it's like, Oh, we have a new fucking King of horror. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on that. Um, and then of course, you know, He's like producing all these Twilight Zone episodes and they're just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, what a fucking fail of a reboot. <laughs> but the originals are great. Um, and I think that they are worth uh, watching if you haven't seen them. Because again, something that's super iconic. But I feel like a lot of people, especially like of our 
generation. Mm-hmm. They know it. They've heard of it, but never actually sat down and watched it. Yeah. Um, so I recommend Twilight Zone. I think it's a, I think it's worth a watch. Very nice. Zach, what are we doing next? Cap it off. We are going to be doing horror movie sequels that are good. That don't suck. Yep. Because, boy, horror movie sequels usually suck. Most sequels in general suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but specifically horror movie ones. Cool. All right. Uh, so look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, we all go a little mad sometimes. <laughs>